Welcome to All Vampires Are Gay, a serialized narrative podcast created by Corbin Rosewood. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. If you like the show, please consider supporting our work. All Vampires Are Gay is made possible because of listeners like you. You can help out by becoming a patron, shopping our merch, and of course, telling your friends about the show. You can find all the ways to support us and more at our website, CorbinRosewood.com. Corbin here. I just wanted to let you know that if you want to send me an email, I absolutely love hearing from listeners. My email is hello at CorbinRosewood.com. Now on with the show. Episode 14, Out of the Shadows. Welcome, I'm Corbin Rosewood, and tonight we return to a rainy coastal city where Victor and Robert are finally reunited, wondering when the monsters might come out of the shadows again. Night and Day Cafe. For a while, things were finally calm in Victor's world. He spent his days running supernatural errands for Samson, and his nights with Robert. It felt good. It was a life he could get used to. He knew a peace like this couldn't last. He knew Lyran and the Chevaliers were lurking around every corner, but somehow he managed to let that wander out of his mind when he was with Robert, dancing or kissing or just sitting by the ocean smoking cigarettes. Tonight was the beginning of another one of those evenings. He was sitting with Robert at Night and Day Cafe. They were at the same table where they first met. It had become a sort of ritual to sit there and smoke and talk for hours. They looked over the menu to order some snacks. How about disco fries? Victor asked. Hmm, I feel like we get those every time, Robert said. What about something different? Garlic knots? I'd prefer the fries, Victor said. Oh my God, can you not eat garlic knots? Robert said, then lowered his voice. Because you're, you know, a vampire. Victor rolled his eyes and shook his head, laughing. He pulled out a cigarette and offered the pack to Robert. (laughs) Don't be absurd. Of course I can eat garlic knots. I just prefer disco fries, Victor said. Garlic knots are unideal for making out. Robert pondered this. Are you suggesting we're going to be kissing later? I'm far more than suggesting it, Victor said with a sassy grin. Disco fries it is, Robert said. Any drinks? Red eye with an extra shot, iced, Victor said. (laughs) I really don't know how you drink that, Robert said, before getting up and heading to the counter to order. Victor turned his back to the restaurant and looked out over the surging ocean, the waves crashing against the docks nearby. He pulled his jacket tightly around him and took a long drag on his cigarette, reveling in the tranquility and beauty of the moment. I think you dropped this, said a smooth voice. 
In an instant, Victor's idyllic evening was shattered, falling to pieces around him. He looked at the black leather glove on the table, the one he had dropped at Gramercy Hospital the night of his daring escape with Samson. He took a moment to collect himself before he looked up, his heart pounding in his chest as he dragged his eyes up to Liren's face. Oh, don't look so shocked. You must have known I'd be coming, Liren said, sitting down across from him with a smirk on his face. He always liked to make an entrance. Of course, worms always come out when it rains, Victor replied with a lot more confidence than he felt. Liren feigned pain. Ouch! Come on now, you wouldn't say such things to poor Julian. Victor wanted to scream, to tell Liren to shut up and leave him alone, but he knew he needed to keep his emotions in check and wits about him. His eyes darted quickly to where Robert was. He seemed to be cheerfully ordering food and drinks, oblivious to the danger lurking behind him. Liren picked up Victor's cigarettes and lit one, blowing the smoke in Victor's face. He pointed languidly with his cigarette at Robert and said, He's sweet, but a bit naive. I remember when you used to be like that. Victor glared at him, but didn't take the bait. Why are you attacking us? Why can't you just leave me alone? He asked. Liren laughed. <laughs> I know this is hard to believe, but sometimes not everything is about you. The Chevaliers? Victor asked. A chess piece, surely, but not everything, Liren said. Oh, you're so simple-minded, Victor. You just look at what's right in front of you. You never see the whole board. It's quite charming, really. Victor was boiling with rage now, but he took a deep breath. He knew he needed to keep Liren talking to get any information he could out of him. Where are they? he asked. Who? Liren replied. The Chevaliers, of course, Victor said. Wherever I want them to be. They're mine now, Liren said, looking smug and proud, preening like a peacock. Victor smiled. He knew the best way to get information from Liren was when he wanted to show off. How'd you manage that? he asked. They must have been absolutely feral after all those years in the mausoleum. Liren looked like a cat with a mouse. Oh, you know, a bit of this and that, a little bit of crimson. Victor didn't know what that meant, but he needed to know more if he could. And what about all those people at the warehouse on Smith Street? He asked. Oh, well, you have to crack a few eggs if you want to make an omelet, Liren said with a shrug. His pale blonde hair whipped across his face in the strong ocean wind, and for just a moment, Victor remembered when that face used to belong to Julian, when he used to light up inside at the sight of it. His hand instinctively went to the silver necklace around his neck. <laughs> Still hanging on to that thing, I see, Liren said, pointing at the necklace. You never could let go of the past. Victor's eyes looked haunted, but he didn't say anything. He just dropped the necklace like it was made of hot coals. Liren smiled like a predator, 
thrilled to see he'd finally gotten a shot past Victor's defenses. Oh, it's not so tragic as all that, he said, patting Victor's hand condescendingly. If it helps at all, I loved you too, Victor. Remember that garden we used to sit in? The one with all the lilies? <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean you and Julian used to sit in. <laughs> he said with a tittering laugh. Get his name out of your mouth, Victor spat. Liren laughed, delighted. <laughs> his name? He's me. We are the same. There never was anyone else. We wanted all the same things, and we got everything we wanted in the end. Don't talk about him like that, Victor said, simmering with rage, balling his hands into fists and digging his nails into his skin. Julian was nothing like you. When he became a vampire, Julian died, and you were born. I never loved you. Maybe, maybe, Liren said. Or maybe I was always wicked, and you just remember things with rose-colored glasses. You always did like roses. Victor remembered the rose Robert gave him at the farmer's market and he got the courage to look into Liren's crystalline gray eyes, staring him down with burning fire. And you always liked twisting me around. What do you want, Liren? He sighed. You're no fun these days, Victor. Where's the crying and the screaming, begging me to come back to you? Victor folded his arms and just glared at him, his black hair whipping around his face in the cold wind. Liren rolled his eyes and sighed dramatically. Fine. I've come to propose an exchange. Go on, Victor said. You return my files to me, and I don't harm your little boy toy over there, Liren said, waving his cigarette at Robert. No, Victor said flatly. Wow, <laughs> you must not really like him. I'm disappointed, Liren said but he looked pleased. The victor I knew would have done anything to protect the man he loved, at least when that man was Julian. I'm not the naive fool who dated Julian, Victor replied. I remember what you did and how you lie. I'm not going to consider a bargain with someone who doesn't keep his promises, but thank you for the offer. I'm glad to know those files are important. Ooh, this new Victor is angry and smart. <laughs> I like it, Liren said with a grin. He looked up at Victor as he put out his cigarette, his eyes flashing vampire red, and said, It's going to be fun watching you burn this time. With that, he stood up and walked away, disappearing into the darkening night. Scene, Robert and Victor. Victor watched Liren leave and then let out a deep sigh. He put his arms up on the table, burying his head in them and breathing deeply, letting his muscles unclench and his emotions flow through him like a river. Robert rushed over and said, what happened? Did he hurt you? 
Victor looked up and shook his head. No, I'm fine. Was that who I think it was? Robert asked. Victor nodded, his eyes full of sadness. Liren. Robert set the fries down and sat in the chair next to Victor, putting a hand on his shoulder. Damn, I can't believe he just showed up like that, out in the open. It's his style. He likes to mess with me, Victor said. Robert nodded. Is it finally time to talk about Liren? Victor sighed, drooping his shoulders in defeat. <sighs> I suppose so. He took a deep, shaky breath and nodded, grabbing another cigarette to steady himself. Just to be clear, I never dated that guy. He's an asshole, Victor said. I mean, you're kind of an asshole too, Robert countered. Victor laughed. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a nice asshole. He's a murder people for fun kind of asshole. Anyway, when we were together, he wasn't like that at all. He was kind, funny, sweet. The most caring soul I've ever met. Victor sounded wistful as he talked about him. And his name was Julian. Not Liren? Victor shook his head. He took that name after. After what? Robert asked. He started pulling at the cheesy fries as Victor continued his story. Victor sighed. Remember when I told you it can go wrong when you turn someone? The process of turning a human body into something else entirely is, um, it's complicated. It's a lot easier if you were just born a vampire. Julian is how I learned that lesson the hard way. Robert nibbled on fries and nodded along. Victor continued. He wanted me to turn him so we could be together forever, he said quietly. At first I said no, it was too risky. But he persisted, begging me all the time. It became a thorn in our relationship. Eventually, I relented. You turned him? Robert's eyes were wide. Yes, like a fool, I gave in, Victor said. After he turned, Julian became a completely different person. He was cruel, vindictive, and sadistic. A monster in the truest sense. He harmed innocence with total abandon, and his greatest joy is manipulating people. I was horrified by who he became. I confronted him and he laughed in my face. He told me he was named Liren, that he had been lying to me the whole time to get what he wanted, to become a vampire. That's some ex, Robert said, carefully pushing the plate of fries towards Victor to see if he'd relaxed enough to have some. Victor nodded and grabbed one. Yes, he's a lot. I've had a few battles with him over the years. He's kind of obsessive about me. Robert raised his eyebrows. What about you? How do you feel about him? Victor looked up, his eyes burning. I hate him. I've tried to kill him, but he was always too clever. Robert looked confused. Too clever? For you? That seems hard to believe. Somehow I think if you wanted me dead, it would be no trouble at all. I would never want you dead, Victor said, feeling some of his nervous tension relax in Robert's easygoing presence. <laughs> Thank goodness for that, Robert said, laughing. On that note, Victor said, 
taking Robert's hands. I need you to be more careful. I know you don't believe everything I've told you, but it's all true. The bouncers at the Belladonna nightclub where you DJ, they work for Liren. They are always watching. Liren knows how I feel about you, and he's tried to kill us twice now. Are you still wearing the protection charm? Robert nodded, fishing it out of his shirt and holding it up for Victor to see. Good, Victor said, squeezing his hands anxiously. I don't know what I'd do if something happened to you, darling. Robert nodded seriously. Don't worry, I understand. The image of that bomb ripping through my apartment is seared into my mind. Liren is not someone to take lightly. I'll be careful, and if anything weird happens, I'll call you right away. Victor smiled with relief. Thank you, he said, kissing Robert's hand and squeezing it tightly. Scene, Samson's Apartment. After they left the night and day cafe, Robert headed back home to prepare for another DJ set that night, and Victor headed to Samson's apartment. This time, when Victor arrived at the glamorous entryway, he carefully checked the door person to see if it was Samson again, but it wasn't, just the usual guy. Victor nodded to him and headed to the elevator. He found himself unconsciously reaching for his necklace again, a nervous habit. The necklace was the shape of a North Star on a delicate chain, and it had always brought him comfort. The necklace's history was dark, but he didn't think about that, not right now. He was thinking about his meeting with Liren. He briskly walked to Samson's apartment and hammered on the door loudly, not even considering the doorbell. A few moments later, Samson appeared, looking unusually disheveled. They were wearing a silk robe, no jewelry, and their long black hair was in a very messy bun, threatening to fall off their head at any moment. Haven't you heard of a doorbell? Victor rolled his eyes. My fist works just as well. Typical, Samson sighed. I guess this way I always know it's you. What's with you? Victor asked, pushing past Samson into the apartment. You look all messy. Victor looked around the ultra-modern apartment, usually kept in pristine condition with barely a speck of dust. Today, the apartment was looking as chaotic as Samson. There were empty bottles strewn around, to-go containers, and one of the curtains seemed to be dangling from a thread. He turned around anxiously. Are you okay? What's going on? Samson coughed warily. They began to start a sentence and then stopped. They tried again, but still nothing came out. Finally, a cheerful voice from the other room responded for them. Was that the pizza? Called a sweet female voice. Uh, no, not yet, Samson called back, looking awkwardly at Victor. Let us know when it comes, I'm starved, yelled a gruff male voice. Victor raised his eyebrows and smirked. Well, 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 he said. I guess you're not the chaste spy master after all. Samson rolled their eyes and went into the kitchen, picking up bottles and lining them up on the smooth white countertop. Did you come here for some purpose other than to harass me? Samson asked. 
Yes, but this is so much more fun, Victor said cheerfully. You must give me the details. I will do no such thing, Samson said. The app says the pizza is almost here, a third voice called out. Victor opened his mouth in awe. How many people are in your bedroom, Samson? Samson glared at him. Plenty, Samson said. Oh, okay then. Remind me not to get between you and your conquests, Victor said, putting up his hands in surrender. They are not conquests, just friends with similar interests, Samson said. They're also neurotic type A vampires with a weird espionage fetish, Victor said, feigning shock. That's it. Get out of my house, Samson said, pushing Victor towards the door. No, no, I'm... I'm here for something serious, Victor said, trying to stop laughing. Samson stopped pushing them and folded their arms. Well, this better be good. Liren showed up at the cafe where I was having lunch with Robert today, Victor said. He wanted to make a deal. Samson's eyes went wide, and they called out to their friends in the bedroom. I'm going to be a minute. One of you needs to get the pizza when it comes. Then they turned to Victor and said, Come into my office. I have news too. Victor followed Samson through the immaculate luxury apartment to Samson's office, or as Victor liked to think of it, the war room. There was at least six monitors on Samson's desk. Multiple computers, laptops, tablets, piles of books, and binders of information. It was meticulously organized, and yet somehow incredibly messy. It seemed to just be impossible to keep it tidy with so much going on all the time. Samson went to one of the computer displays and pulled up an image of the amulet Victor had retrieved from the dead doctor, Henry Chomisky. The amulet was now rendered in 3D and spinning around next to a large collection of information. We finally figured out what it does, Samson said proudly. Victor was intrigued. Did Jin and Apricot finally get their readings from the Inglox machine? Samson looked irritated. Uh, not really. I mean, they're still running it, but it has only given them two more receipts so far. We actually learned from another source what the amulet does is simple. It dramatically enhances vampire powers. Who the hell would want that? Victor said, remembering Persephone's giant earmuffs. Lots of people. I certainly wouldn't mind it, Samson said. Imagine being able to call on your abilities further to run faster or heal in seconds. Maybe even use more than one of your powers at the same time. Well, when you put it like that, it's slightly more appealing, Victor admitted. But all I experienced was an extreme hunger and inability to control my powers. I don't see how it could enhance them. That's the catch, Samson explained. They're basically uncontrollable unless there is a witch or other magic worker pulling the strings and controlling the vampires. Suddenly, it all made sense. Victor remembered the woman holding a glowing stone at the B&B. I think I saw one of them, Victor said. The witches they are working with, at the bed and breakfast when I was attacked. She was controlling the two goons from Belladonna Club with a bigger glowing crystal. Samson nodded. 
That sounds about right. I think I might have a file on her. Hold on. Samson tapped on some keyboards and pulled up a file with a picture of a beautiful woman with long flowing hair. That's her, Victor said. Was she working with Vasya and her sisters? Samson shook their head. No, Apricot asked her family and we've completely confirmed that Vasya and her sisters were totally innocent of that. They were victims too. <laughs> no way, Victor said, shaking his head. Someone must have got it wrong. Vasya took a piece of Robert's hair, and then Persephone drew a tarot card that said the witch. I'm sure that's what it was about. Those witches are up to something. Samson shrugged. That's certainly likely. Witches usually are. But I don't think it's this. Victor tapped his fingers on the desk, thinking about this. He was sure Vasya was part of all this, but he couldn't figure out how. Suddenly, another thought entered his head. But if those amulets control vampires, and the witch was controlling the two goons, and Henry was wearing an amulet too, that means they're all vampires, Victor asked. Samson nodded. Correct. Liren is controlling them, and quite a few more vampires and witches as well. Who are all these people? I thought we knew every vampire in this region, Victor said. You can't just make new vampires that easily. Samson looked distressed. I believe that's where all the dead bodies in the warehouse were. I think they were the failed experiments. Victor gasped. When I asked him about them, Liren said they were just cracking a few eggs to make an omelet. Collateral damage. Samson nodded. I think Liren is trying to do something very dangerous with these amulets and he's making something to create new vampires with less risk of side effects. Victor thought about this and said, why is he trying to make so many vampires? I don't get it. What's the benefit? My guess is it's something to do with the summit, Samson suggested. What? The summit? It's happening later this year? Victor looked blank. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Samson rolled their eyes. You're really living up to your reputation as a party boy who cares about nothing besides dancing and drinking. Says the vampire with a nightclub's worth of naked people in their bedroom as we speak, Victor countered. Just tell me what it is, Samson. Samson sighed. The big meeting where all of the old vampire families are getting together to chart a course for their future, renegotiate contracts, and reaffirm old treaties. I have definitely already told you about this. Oh, yeah, Victor said. I think I remember something about that. Is that soon? Yes, Samson said, shaking their head. And I would bet my entire shoe collection that Liren's up to something related to it. He mentioned the Chevaliers were his now, that he could do whatever he wanted with them, Victor said. Do you think those glowy necklaces could control them too? Maybe they could control anyone, even the old families. Samson thought for a bit and then shrugged. I honestly don't know. Truthfully, I'm a little out of my depth with this one. Samson sighed and put their hand on their brow in frustration. Victor leaned forward sympathetically. You've been so busy. This is so much, Samson. You have no idea, Samson said. For the first time, Victor noticed the dark circles under their eyes and the weariness of their expression. Samson always had the hardest time when a lot of humans were getting hurt. 
they felt like they were personally responsible for every murder. You're doing a great job, Victor said. You couldn't have helped those people, you know. Samson grunted and turned back to their computer. They pulled up another image. This time it was a scan of a very old looking paper. It had an illustration of a strange curved dagger on it. The dagger of Anshi? Victor asked. Yes, Samson replied. We need to find it now more than ever. I still don't have the full picture of what Liren is planning, but I'm sure it's awful. We need some way to combat these amulets and stop them from whatever they're doing. Absolutely. Do we have any info on it? I'll go retrieve it as soon as we know where it is, Victor promised. <sighs> We're still hunting. I've got some good leads on books that are arriving this week from my contacts. Jin and I will be going over them all as soon as they get here. Hopefully that yields something. If not, I have no idea, Samson said. I'm sure you'll find it, Victor said confidently. And in the meantime, you have your friends to keep you company, he added with a wink. Samson rolled their eyes. I would rather like to get back to them, they admitted. I could use the distraction. But first, tell me everything that Liren said. Don't leave out any details. Victor felt his hand instinctively reach up to his little North Star necklace, playing with the pendant as he told his story. There was so much about Liren he wanted to tell Samson, but today wasn't the time for bringing up old secrets. And so we leave Victor and Samson with their secrets in a penthouse apartment while Liren moves through the city, setting up his chess pieces. You've been listening to All Vampires Are Gay. This episode was created, written, and performed by Corwin Rosewood. Produced and composed by Parker Frost. With additional production, mixing, editing, and engineering by the team at Studio Corwin. If you enjoyed this episode, consider supporting our show today so we can make more episodes in the future. You can find all the ways to support us at CorwinRosewood.com. Thank you for listening.